Turn in your Bibles with me to Luke 24 this morning, Luke chapter 24. Today, Lord willing, I want to begin a new series <clears throat> entitled Walking with Jesus, Walking with Jesus. I'm going to read some verses and the text, as you can see from your bulletin, is a little bit more lengthy than it normally is, but um, this is an amazing account of two believers that were very upset, disappointed about the circumstances in their life, and then Jesus comes, and he, they, he walks with them, and they don't even recognize him. I believe that happens to a lot of us so many times. You can even be a disciple of the Lord and not realize he's walking with you. Now, I'm not viewing the walking with Jesus part as a prerequisite to being saved. That is entirely by God's grace. We are justified freely by his grace through the blood of Christ. Yet, there's a, there's a process, there's a walk that we're to walk as believers in this life, whatever span of time God gives us to walk with Jesus. And it's so critical that we do, given the situations in the world and the dangers, it would be like knowing there's a minefield, explosives everywhere buried in a trail you got to go through, and Jesus, the God, knows where everyone is buried, and so he would guide you. Then it would be real important, don't you think, that he walks with us? It's so, it's so much is. It's especially important in 2021. But when we think about walking with Jesus, to understand that and bless that uh, through the Holy Spirit as we endeavor to walk closer to Jesus. You know, walking is, is kind of a slower pace than life seems to give us sometimes. And yet it's so important that we take that time to walk with Jesus. To walk before we run. That's how he lifts us up as wings of eagles, the Bible says. Knowing that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Remember he says in Isaiah 43, verse 2, he says, when you walk through the fires, you will not be burned. Why? Because Jesus walks with you. Really, I probably should have tried to say not so much walking with Jesus, but Jesus walking with us. That's really the, the heart of the matter, that Jesus is walking with us. But far be it that we don't even notice it when he does. I like the, uh, the graphics Tamala put on the bulletin, don't you? There's two sets of footprints in the sand, and, and there's a great poem or or a plaque about that, as you know. And sometimes there's two sets, just me and Jesus, you and Jesus, but then there's only one set, and that's when Jesus has to take us in, in his arms and told us. And he does that. But God has called us. He called Abraham, the father of the faithful, way back in Genesis 17. He said, Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. And he was going to call on him in faith. To express that, exhibit that. That's what our walk is about. It's about having fellowship with Jesus. And there's nothing that will disappoint us more or make us sadder than when we're out of fellowship with Jesus. 
And so my reasoning about this really is to look at our own lives and examine ourselves and looking at our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are we today with that? Are we walking with Jesus? Even though things in life might have turned upside down, nevertheless, we're to press on with Jesus. Here in this case, we're about to read these disciples. There were two of them. And again, they were disappointed. But they come to the end of themselves. And they didn't realize that Jesus himself was there. Now, this point in Jesus' ministry on earth was between the resurrection and his ascension. You understand he, he lived about 40 days on this earth after he was resurrected. And he had a body, and he ate, and he was appeared in so many forms or so many places, and lots of times he was not recognized. But he appeared, and, and he was there, and, and so he's, he has a glorified body. Gives us a glimpse of, of what he's going to do for us in our glorified state when we die and when we're resurrected in the second coming. So may the Lord bless us now to see this. And I want to try to say four things. I'm going to go ahead and tell you those as we read this because I don't know for sure I can read them all at one time. I might break it up some. But, but there are several verses for our text. It's, it's commonly known as the road to Emmaus. Uh, first of all, I want us to understand, in fact, the, the title of this message under the theme of walking with Jesus is walking with Jesus when we wonder. And that's W-O-N-D-E-R, wonder. In other words, we can have questions about life. Uh, don't beat up on yourself too much when you have doubts. You're going to have them. I think that's an evidence of your faith. We do not have perfect knowledge. We don't. So walking with Jesus when you wonder, and the first thing I want to deal with is circumstances. Knowing that Jesus is with us no matter what the circumstances are, but sometimes circumstances do make us wonder, don't they? They make us wonder where the Lord is. If we admit our reality, we just wonder. We wonder if we're doing right. We wonder if there's some sin. We wonder so much sometimes. And so we need to see that that wondering, that, that circumstance can, can affect uh, our fellowship with walking with Jesus. And then secondly, I want us to see that walking with Jesus is such a great honor, but that he would walk with common sinners like us. But he does. And it makes us wonder, but we've got to understand Jesus condescended to our lowest state just to walk with us, just to talk with us. He, he became common like us, so that we could see the uncommon love of God. But you know, so many times we miss Jesus in the common things of life, the ordinary, because we're looking for something really big to make a big splash in our lives. And most of the time, it's just like that hummingbird that we just heard about. It's some little bird or some little event in our life that shows the miraculous grace of God as he speaks to us, as he walks to us in the midnight hours of our circumstances. And then thirdly, I want us to see that if we really want, want to walk with Jesus, we got to constrain him. we gotta, we got to make him know that we really want to walk with him. 
You see, Jesus is a wonderful, great Savior, but he's a little bit shy. In other words, he wants to know that you want him. What I want you to understand about Jesus, if you're going to walk with Jesus, you can't just, you can't just live with him. You can't just have a live-in relationship and get all the benefits of the love and fellowship of Jesus. You have to marry him. You have to go to Jesus. And you have to be willing to surrender your all. And you have to be willing to test that you love him. Whether that's believer's baptism. You wear that ring because of God's grace in your life. And then you go to the fellowship table of, of the communion supper. And you enjoy the benefits of the reading feast of what he's done. But we don't fool around with Jesus. You're not going to halfway do it with him. Because he's a jealous God. We're going to talk about that in a minute. He, he's not going to share his love and affections for others. And then thirdly, I want us to say, or, or fourthly rather, that what it all amounts to, as we'll see from this story of a road to Emmaus, it ends up in just pure out confession that you acknowledge that Jesus is who he says he is. And you do that at the Lord's table when he breaks the bread, then our eyes were open. And it's not about having to feel a certain way, it's about believing what God says about what he did and why he did it and what he's doing and going to do. So may the Lord bless us to see that. I, I pray the Lord would help us as we understand it to help us see walking with Jesus when we wonder. Let's look at verse 13 as we begin this story from the scriptures and ask Jesus to walk with us, please. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs, seven or so miles maybe. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. What had happened was Jesus was crucified. On the cross. They didn't think about the resurrection. But they knew he had died. And it came to pass in verse 15. That while they communed together. And reasoned. Jesus himself drew near. And went with them. See they're talking about Jesus. They're together. Here we see a great benefit of the church, okay? Even when things aren't going right, what a blessing is this to be together. I think we've missed that. One of the calamities of the COVID uh, sheltering in place and the restraints that we have and social distancing is it hindered somewhat our communing together, didn't it? It did. So they were talking about it. They were talking about Jesus. And that's when Jesus himself drew near. Jesus always makes the first move. Understand that. In salvation, God is the initiator. You see, he's the husband of the relationship of the believer. He loves us first, and then we loved him. Now, these disciples no doubt love Jesus. But you can love Jesus and not walk with Jesus. And you can love Jesus and not have fellowship with Jesus. And, and you don't intend to do it, but it's just the way it is. It's just the way we are. One of the things that we need to understand that this culture we're living in will try to cover up is this, that human beings are not basically good. They're not. 
Human beings are basically evil. Scripture says that. Randy Waters is basically an evil wretch. But God intervenes and makes the first moves and brings us out of that by his amazing grace. If there's anything that ought to cause us to walk with Jesus, it's what God has done for us. And that's what he does. So this cancel culture, whatever it's called, will make us think, well, everybody's just fine. We're not. We're not. We desperately need the Savior, Jesus Christ. It's not about circumstances. Well, let's change the circumstances. What needs to be changed is our heart, okay? See, these disciples were walking because they saw Jesus had died and their dream had died because their dream was not in, in correspondence with God's Word. Make sure your dream is corresponding with God's Word, okay? In other words, don't get married and say, I'm going to make this, this is going to be a happy marriage. That is why we're getting married. It'll fail every time. Why? Because we're not basically good. What you need to say is, I want this marriage to glorify God. And that is your number one thing. I want to walk with Jesus. Because when Jesus walks in your marriage, in your work, in the church, my goodness, then, then that's where the difference is. And we have that fellowship, okay? See, these disciples, along with a lot of other Jews, thought that the, the freedom, the liberation that they wanted and that Jesus was going to bring them was from the government, the Roman government. But Jesus was going to free them from something more important. He frees them from the bondage of sin. And that's the only way we can walk with Jesus. You cannot walk with the devil and walk with Jesus too, okay? And when you walk with Jesus, you will talk with Jesus. See, Jesus prompts all this. I want you to see he comes to them and he drew near and went with them. I wonder how many times Jesus has been with us, you know, and we didn't even know it. You know, that's the power of the resurrection. Because this, this episode is not the only time Jesus has walked with his people. It's not. Because in the resurrection, it makes it so in his intercessory work that he can walk with you and with me at different points of our lives. Thousands at the time. Jesus knew what his death would mean not only for salvation of our sins, but for the manifestation of his resurrection to be just more than we need. And he always does know what we need. And he knows what's going on in our lives. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. You hear, hear what he says? Here's Jesus. They didn't know him. Why? Because of their circumstances. Are you brokenhearted? Are you grieving? Are you pitying yourself? Are you wounded and to the point that, you know, I'm just, I just, 
I can't understand this. Why does this happen? You know what? It may be that, that Jesus is right there with you. I would say that's a great assurance, rather, that he's so near to you. And he said unto them, in verse 17, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? There's nothing that'll make a believer any more sad than to be out of fellowship with Jesus. And you can't hook that up with, you know, any kind of uh, drugs or, or antidepressants and things that sometimes for sure are required physically and medically but spiritually, the only remedy we have is God and walking with Jesus and understanding our desperate need for it. And then in verse 18, And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, said, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? See, so didn't recognize. Here's a stranger. May God never have an occasion to convict you and me as he did the episode in the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25 when he says, I was a stranger and you took me not in. God forbid that. God help us to be sensitive to walking with Jesus. And he said unto them, what things? And they said unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. See, that's, that thing is over. Jesus is dead. And then in verse 21, which really shows their question, their, the wonder they have, so to speak. But we trusted that it had been the way it, that he which would have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, Today is the third day since these things were done. See, their redemption again of Israel was from the Roman government. And so we think sometimes that we need a change of government, and that is probably true. But what we need more desperately is a change of heart, and only God can do that, okay? But he's good at it. He knows, listen, I want you to know right now in your life amongst the turmoil that you're going through and the trouble and the heartbreak and the unknown, don't you know that God, that Jesus is working in those circumstances to bring you to a closer walk with him. That's exactly what he's doing. Jesus is not going to kick you around. He loves you. And he's calling us to walk closer to him. And that's how he has to do it sometimes. Because that sometimes that's the only way that we'll walk close to him. You know why? Because sometimes our circumstances can be so good that we can't see Jesus. You know, we get everything going just right. We can forget about Jesus and about walking with him. We can see the need of it when we're desperate. Circumstances can drive us to the church and to Jesus. But prosperity is the worst enemy of God's church. The church has always grown through prosecution or persecution. And prosecution too. Yet 
what it is, is Jesus coming in those dire circumstances and walking with us and showing us his grace, his wisdom, his love, and his word. That in, in fact, he is a lamp unto our path and a light unto our feet. Okay? And so, in verse 22, And yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, made them wonder, which were early at the sepulcher. That was Mary Magdalene, the other Mary. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. So they've heard it, but they didn't believe it. I want you to understand with me. Think about this and let God search your heart in. I want to do it the same. You know we all believe in Jesus. We believe that he's Lord and Savior, but we do we really believe he's alive? We say, well, yeah, I think about him alive. I believe he's alive. Well, well, why do I feel like this? If he's alive, why am I sad? If he's alive, why am I moping around? Why, why, why am I fooling around with sin? Why, why am I, uh, my God is alive. And so we need to make, make, make ourselves understand that because that's what God said. So, so they, they, they believed he was alive. They didn't want to let him go, but they did not believe in the resurrection, or that he had resurrected, obviously. And certain of them, in verse 24, which were with us, went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now listen, verse 26 is a one-verse capsule of the gospel. Listen to it. Here's from Jesus. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? That's the gospel. Jesus suffered what things? The cross for our sins. He died the death that we should have died. He lived the life that we should have lived. And then he gave his righteousness to us. Why? So we could walk with him and talk with him. And witness for him and be with him. And verse 27, and beginning at Moses, Jesus opened up the word of the God and all the prophets he expounded to them and all the scriptures of things concerning himself. All this Bible is about Jesus. Old Testament and new. They are things that testify of him, the Old Testament. And they drove nigh into the village whether they went and he made as though he would have gone further. Now listen, I said a while ago we gotta, we're going to constrain Jesus. That's what he was going to do. He would have went further, but they constrained him, saying in verse 29, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. See what Jesus does? He was going further. But they said, No, Lord, I want you to stay with us. You know, and that's how Jesus operates. I said, That's what he's going to do. He's going to say, Do you really love me? And he said, Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Oh, Lord, I love you. Feed my sheep. I mean, you know, when, when Jesus came in the form of the angels to Abraham and Sarah, you know, they weren't going to go in. They had to constrain them. When, he, when they went to uh, Lot, when they're about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, the angels go there and they, and they had to beg them to come in. Lot did. Come in and stay with us. 
Jacob, when he wrestled, you know, with the angel, said, I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. You know, maybe we just need a fresh crying out to Jesus. I wonder sometimes we just think we're just going to just, you know, we're just pretty good old folks anyway, and we've been in the church all these years, so God's got to bless us anyway. He has not got to do anything. We need to say, oh God, i got to have you. I want Jesus in the Statesboro Primitive Baptist Church. Do we? Do we really want Jesus? Do we really desire him? Do we want Jesus in our life, in our home, in our school, in our, in our workplace? Because I'm going to tell you, if we don't want him, he's, he's out of here. That's what he is. Now, grace, God's grace is irresistible. You talk about fellowship with Jesus, he wants you to know he loved, you love him, that you desperately want it. He says, you seek me with all the heart, you're going to find me. You're not going to halfway dance around with Jesus. He's serious about his love for you. He died for you. And so we need to see that and bless him in it. And we understand, oh God, we ought to get up every morning with this prayer. Abide with me, Lord. He says in John 15, abide with me. I'm abiding with you. What does that mean? That is the substance of the vine. You can't make it without Jesus. We can't make it in this world, particularly the way it is now, without walking with Jesus and fellowship with Jesus. So they constrained him. They said, God, you've got to stay here. I'm going to let you go. Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with him. And in verse 30, and it came to pass as he sat at meat with him, he took bread and blessed it and break and gave it to them. Now they're supposed to be the host, but Jesus takes over. That's what happens with Jesus. You invite Jesus. You really act like you really want Jesus, and you're gonna, you know what? He's going to lead your life. He's going to break the bread. He's going to bless it. And one of the great reasons, and understanding we know that we, we have Jesus is, is the breath, blessing of the bread, of the covenants of his life. We come to a communion table. This do, he says, in remembrance of me. He breaks the bread. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him. I believe, you know what? I believe they saw his hands when he broke the bread. They saw those scars. And just like Thomas, that doubt, they said, my Lord and my God, this is Jesus. Jesus will open your eyes. And he's going to do it because of the cross. And he will do it at the table. He can prepare a table in the wilderness. You know, I've told you this story before. I remember years ago, I was maybe 16 years old. I didn't grow up in a home that did much of a blessing at the table. I'm not bragging. I'm ashamed of it. But I went to work one summer with a friend of mine. And I remember I was there at his table. And his dad is named Mr. Calvin Saxon. And I remember every day Mr. Saxon would have lunch for us. We were building chicken houses. I think we were doing that for him on the farm there. And we'd go in there, and I was a 16-year-old. I saw Calvin, Calvin Saxon. First thing he did was bow and pray. And you might think, well, you know, everybody does that. I'm telling you what, to me, everybody didn't do it. To me, it meant something. I saw Jesus. I was revealed that Jesus was walking with us. We might have been on that chicken house all day, but I mean, when we come in there, Jesus was right there. I mean, that's why it's so important. We think it's mundane now, you know, the little things in our life. We don't acknowledge Jesus. And that's why we don't have fellowship. That's why we don't have the power of the gospel in the church and promote it like we should. It's so easy to get away from him. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn with us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? 
Jesus will give you heartburn, divine heartburn. That's what he does. You know when he's walked with you, and you thank God for it. And he, they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. Appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of the bread. So I know it's a lot of scripture. So I want to let, let me go back to my points and just try to give you a couple little things that the Lord would help us take on. One is, don't let circumstances blind your spiritual eyes of the fact that Jesus is with you, that is walking with you. Uh, we, need to, we need to see that the changes, and that happens so easily when there's a change. You know, many of you have lost loved ones, precious to your heart. Your hearts are broken, they grieve because that's the price you pay for love. But that's an opportunity sometimes that, that we miss that, that great blessing that God has given us. Of understanding that Jesus is with us. Change. Change it, it, it can, can do that. We, got, we serve a changeless God. And God is a God that we're to walk with no matter what the terrain might be. He is there. And we're to walk with Him. Abide with me. Walk with me today, O oh God, should be our prayer. And he do, you know what? He, he is deeper, Jesus is, than circumstances. We see this, don't we, from this scripture? See, what Jesus does is heal the heart. Now, that wound, those wounds we feel and that are real and that are hurt, I'm going to tell you, they will leave a scar, but a clean wound will heal. It will. When we understand that Jesus is with us, we're walking with Jesus, or Jesus is walking with us. And so when we wonder, when we wonder where Jesus is, remember the cross and what he's done for us in our way. And then secondly, I think of the common uh, way that he came to these common disciples. They were not apostles. And he appeared to them as they walked and were sad. See, Jesus knows when our hearts are broken. And so Jesus comes to them. And he appears to them. You know, he appeared after, the res after he was resurrected first to Mary Magdalene, not to the apostles. When his birth came, he, was, he appeared to the shepherds. Uh, just common. We need to understand that God is, is in those common, ordinary things of life. And we need to look for that and bless him in that in our ways. And know that that God is working in our lives as we see that in our life. Now, we understand that he has to reveal himself to us. You know, we just can't make up God. But there's lots of times we don't feel like it. And that's when we have to reach down and, and trust him and believe him and through, see the, the ordinary things of life, not the extraordinary, just the ordinary things of God. And then that thirdly, that we constrain him, that we really say, Jesus, I want to walk with you. Now, if you really want to walk with Jesus, it's going to change your course, your attitude, your heart, if you want to walk with Jesus. Because Jesus has a path that we're to walk. And he's called us to follow him. But walking with Jesus means that we're mindful of Jesus 
as our Savior, as our Redeemer, as our elder brother, as the one that goes before us, that knows all things. And you know, when you think about what Jesus has done for us, we would be fools not to really crave and and desire him. And when God gives us that, it comes from God, that Jesus was walked with us. And, And you know, I pray that Hopefully, I don't think it would anybody here that would make us feel prideful because Jesus walked with us. We should not. It ought to humble us so much that Jesus walked with us in the way that he goes. And we should say, we're by because why? He is jealous. I said it. God is a jealous God. You remember there were some folks following Jesus in the New Testament because he did miracles and made the loaves. And then when he got to the cross, they, lots of them left him. In fact, all of them did, the scripture said. But, but those that were in his circle came closer to, to walking with him right up to the cross. And they, he even asked them, when everybody else was leaving, will you also go away? And they said, Lord, to whom will we go? You have the words of life, eternal life. I mean, you know, constrained and walking with Jesus. How do we do that with his word? This book is about Jesus. This book is a revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a living book. And when we pray, we're walking with Jesus. We're thinking about Jesus. And we need to say, God, would you walk with me today? That should be, our, again, our first cry. And just Jesus, not just his blessings. Are we, that's walking with Jesus, not because Jesus is going to bless us. We need to constrain. We need to confess him and understand that his scars prove that he loves us. And that when we walk with him, we are in a position to be his faithful witnesses. You know, when I was over at the Lake Church, I remember one Sunday we had a funeral there. And I remember they had dinner in the little annex in the back of the church. And there was a family there from Florida, Jacksonville area. And I remember one of the guys came up to me and all the ladies, Sister Faye and some others were there working, putting food out. And he come up to me and he said, Preacher, he said, I am a member of a church that has 20,000 members. But he said, I want you to know that when I see all your folks, what what the people here are doing, he says, I know what Jesus is like. I know what walking with Jesus is. You know what he was saying? He says, because of their giving, of their sacrifice. And that's what we are from Jesus because he's the first fruits of that. But that's what walking with Jesus is about. And that's why when Jesus broke the bread, their eyes were open. And so we need to come to the table. And you know, we say, well, I I can't. I'm too big of a sinner. Confess your sins. Confess them. Pour them all out to God. That's what he died for, okay? He came to save sinners. If you think you're not a sinner, you're not a believer, really. You couldn't be. Because he's revealed to us that we are sinners. And we have a Savior. And we go to him and bless him. And thankful that we can because of his grace. And what a blessing that really is. You know, I think we need to see that we need Jesus. To see um, I thought of uh, Elisha's service in 2 Kings, you know, when all the armies were surrounded and he was really concerned. 
And Elisha prayed that God would open his servant's eyes and let him see all the encampment of angels round about. My goodness, if God would open our eyes in life, in your workplace, in your homes, in your marriages, in your churches, and just let us see Jesus and all of Jesus' accomplishment of his ministering spirits, I know that life, I know it's tough at times, I know it's heartbreaking. But you know, when Jesus walks with us, we can make it in that way. And it makes a difference how you walk. And people know if you're walking with Jesus. They do. I mean, these guys were were talking about it. They were together. They were communing. Now, not only in prayer, but to one another. I I told you this story before, but it just comes to my mind. Many years ago, I was at a some Hispanic guys working with me on my little farm area, and they were putting up a fence. And I can't speak Spanish very well, but I remember taking them out to the little job and I wanted them to do, and it was a fence I wanted to put by my neighbor's place. And um, his name was Juan. He, he was kind of the crew leader. He could speak a little English. So I take him and I start at one point, and I said, Juan, I'd like for you to go this way. And I was, there's another, just a straight line, fence. And this is where I want you to put the fence. But, but while I was walking from that one point, so he was behind me. And so he was walking with me. And, and there's people behind you, and they're, you know, they're assuming that you're walking with Jesus. So I was walking, and as I walked, my neighbor had some yellow flowers. I still remember. I, I couldn't, they just looked so amazing to me. And they were in bloom, and, and so I just, I just made a veer off the property line and just looked at those flowers. That's all I did. I just made a little veer, looked at those flowers. Then I got back and went to the corner that I wanted him to go. So I left him there with his crew and the material, and I come back late that afternoon. And you know where that fence was? It was right, it started at the right place, it went to those flowers, and it went into my neighbor's yard, around the flowers, and then went straight to the corner. I still remember that. It really kind of aggravated me until I realized when he told me, he said, Mr. Randy, he said, that is where you walk. That's where you walk. Because I had told him, I said, Juan, follow me. You just where I walk is where I want the fence. I used those very words. See, and that's what he was doing. So it's amazing how we, how we deal with that in our lives. And I think it's so critical that we walk with Jesus as a church, as an individual, as a family, that we walk with Jesus. When we wonder, when things are not turning out like we thought they would be. You know, I was thinking, driving over. I remember my daddy saying this a few years before he died. And he was always a man that had seemingly very good health and all. And he said, you know, Randy said, I'm not going to live always. I mean, he was, he was getting some of that dying grace. You know what? I'm getting some of that too. But you know what? I don't want my family to just be so distraught when that happens. Because that's what God says is the way it is. And furthermore, it's for the betterment. Jesus' death manifest salvation for us. His resurrection is power for us. 
eternal life. So that now he is able to walk with us, multiplying millions of his people. But it took the cross to do that. And so may God help us to see that, that Jesus is walking with us when we wonder. That is when we have doubts, when we have fears, when we have situations that just upset us, that we just don't know the remedy for it. Like right now in our world, this is the time to walk with Jesus. And it's going to be upstream. It's not, we can't just float downstream. We've got to walk. And walking will do us good. Walking is how we, we get in there and we understand what the Holy Spirit is, is our working pants as we work with God, as we walk with God. You know, when I was at this little forestry business, I had some guys that worked for me, and they always wanted me to, to buy some four-wheelers. You know, that's what they were called back then. Because they thought they needed to be in the woods, and they didn't want to walk. They just wanted to use the four-wheeler. And they told me they could get more work done. I didn't believe it. I said, you know what? We're going to walk. Because when you walk in the woods or when you walk with life, you're going to get a feel for God. You're going to get a feel for what life is really like. You can't be transported around and fly around all the time on social media. You can't just send text. You can't just do a YouTube or a, or a video. You've got to understand what walking with Jesus is reality. It is a hands-on deal when you're serving the Lord. And may God help us. You keep walking with him. You keep talking with him. You keep fellowship up with Jesus. And when we get out of the way, may God give us the grace to confess it. Just like these disciples. So my goodness, Lord, thank you for opening my eyes. Now you go home and I'll do the same. And let's ask God to help us remember how many times he's already walked with us. How many times he's blessed us. Because he's not going to let you go. What he has begun in your life, he will perform to the day of Jesus Christ. He's not going to quit. No matter what the circumstances are. No matter what the government does. Jesus is who we need to be with. Changing our hearts. Making us aware. In tune with his grace. In step with his spirit. May the Lord bless us. Would you bow with me? We thank you, most precious Heavenly Father, for the privilege to walk with you. We're not worthy. We don't know why you'd have anything to do with us. But we know, Lord, you have called us often to take a walk with you. Thank you, Lord. Show us yourself in the ordinary things of life. May no circumstances cloud our thoughts, our visions, our belief that you are with us. Give us, Lord, a passion so deep that we will hold on to you and constrain you, that we will not let you go. You've never had a place to lay your head in this world when you were here in human form. You're a stranger to the world, but you have, Lord, the home of our heart. You, Lord, are our Savior, and we love you so much because you loved us first. And we confess, O oh God, that how many times We've let things of this world, things of our own selves, mar the walk that you intended us to have. Thank you, God, that we can make U-turns. Turning to you, O oh God, we do, as we confess our sins 
and bless your holy name for loving us in spite of them and giving us the grace to be free from them forever. In Jesus' name, amen.